Celestia Barbie, welcome to the Purpose Day Leadership Podcast. I'm delighted to have you on the show. We met on Instagram, I think it was, and I've also hired you as my coach, which we're going to delve into, but welcome to the show. Thank you. Let's start by introducing yourself and tell us what you do now. Yeah, so love life for starters. I think it's important, you know, to always put that at the forefront. And with that love life attitude, I have a life coaching practice called Role Model Academy, where we help people evolve in the way they think, act and look. So it's very fulfilling. We offer some incredible programs, whether that's face to face or on on Zoom where mm. we've had our coaching. Yeah. And yeah, it's just great get to uh, transform people, whether that's, you know, a little bit or a medium amount or a large amount. Mm. Um, you know, everybody's different and it works in different ways for different people. But yeah, yeah it's all about personal development for me. Mm. Yeah, I've obviously read your website. I mean, on Instagram, you've got about 140,000 followers. So you, yeah. must, you must be doing something right. Yeah, well, I've posted 22,000 times. <laughs> Have so, you? Wow. Yeah. That is some going. That is some yeah. going. Um, I've got to know you really well as a, as a human being. And this is the Purpose Dead Leadership Podcast. I want to talk to you about purpose but before I, and your journey. But before I go into that, why, why, why um, sort of more the youth people? Why do you target younger people? I think younger people can get lost quite easily in this world because there's so many opportunities and options for people to take and it's so easily it's so easy to be misled in this day and age um Mm. even coming down driving up here today on the radio i heard you know people in drug gangs and young people you know associating with older people and getting in trouble and I just find Mm. that if you can be a role model and guide people at a young age then you can make a real difference and a real impact uh, in the next generation coming up in this world so yeah yeah I think it's important that we lead the way in a positive way that's the flavor I get from you and I I think I think we talk about authenticity quite a lot and I see you as a very glamorous person who likes the finer things in life, but you are very much grounded, very much measured, and you, you know, you don't judge people for anything really. So I, I want to learn how you've kind of got to a stage where you've got this kind of insatiable desire to serve others and and deliver impact on other people. So was that spawn out of your own adversity yourself? Why don't you paint us a picture of your journey, perhaps? Yeah, I think you know we've all been on a journey we're all going on a journey and we've all got so much more journey yet to come and I just think it's important that everybody knows that I haven't always been this confident outgoing person that loves life and loves others no I haven't Mm. um leaving school I left school with no GCSEs bad health I was in the wrong crowd and during that process, my mum and dad had split up and my dad was a stronger character. Um, he was the one who had all the rules in, in the house. And when he left, the rules became basically nondescript. My mum was just this soft, genuine, beautiful person. And yeah. I kind of overrode that uh, kindness, took it for granted and ended up drinking, drug smoking and stealing for seven years. Wow. Um, and still to this day, when I say it, I'm thinking, oh my God, did I really do that for seven years, you know, of my life? Like mm. every week I was doing something that was damaging my future self. And mm. you can imagine over a period of time that built up and got worse and worse and worse. And it affected 
not only myself, but it affected the people around me, it affected my family, and it just affected my overall vision for wanting to be something worth mm. a value in this world. Because when you are drinking and drugs and smoking and stealing, yeah. you don't value yourself and you don't value anything around you. You're basically like a bulldozer going through, taking advantage of people. And, you know, mm. at the end of the day, karma comes back around and you end up in a really shit place. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think... Going on that journey, um, in 2011, I got to the stage where I really hit that rock bottom. Um, I had community service, I did drink driving, uh, and I sort of felt really lost and unfulfilled and bad health. Mm. And I didn't have anybody around me that truly loved me or you know, I didn't feel that way anyway. Obviously, my parents were in the background. They did love me. But because of my actions, it had got to the point where I basically drove them away from me. Yeah. And I think when you do have loving parents and you've drove them away from you, that is raw. You know, mm. that really hit me hard. Mm. Um, just to pick up the phone and to call my mum and her not to answer. That was, you know, really yeah. sad. So... I ended up moving out of my mum's house because I'd lost my license drink driving. Mm. And my dad, who was living in Leicester, who I hadn't really had a relationship with for seven years, yeah. said to me, I've got this little mini bed sit. Do you want to move in here? Because you can't get around anywhere. You're living in a village in the middle of nowhere like what are you doing with your life so i took the opportunity to jump to jump into this bed sit and within you know the first couple of weeks i was straight back into the wrong crowd How old are you Leicester. Then? so at this point i'm like 2011 so you can do the maths if i'm 32 so, now 22 right yeah 20. 21 yeah 21 yeah yeah so at 21 still lost in the wrong crowd mm you know, going into nightclubs, bringing home 10 grown men into a bed sit, drinking bottles of vodka, sniffing lines of coke, mm. you know, just hanging out with all these dodgy people and just feeling like I'm living, but really I'm not, mm. you know. So not on the planet. Really. Not on the planet. Yeah. Completely unaware that my heart's beating. But full of confidence in a, in, a, in a different way, right? Your confidence now is different to what it was exactly. then. But so to bring 10 blokes back as an example, but to do all the things you've done, not kind of give a uh, a toss, really. I think it, it... What do you think that spawns from in terms of... For me, there's, there's a lot of confidence there, but there's also a lot of pain and trauma. I know that your parents broke up, but do you think it's just that or do you think there's other, more stuff to it? It was the actions that I was taking and the people at school that I was hanging around with. Mm. Um, I got misled, basically. Right. Because I'm somebody that wants to be loved, somebody that wants to be heard, somebody that wants to get involved. Every time I tried to get involved with the right people, I'd get pushed away and then I'd end up with the wrong people. And eventually mm. I ended up just sticking with the wrong people. Right. 
because they were the only ones that would accept me. So you wanted that validation from anyone or somebody, right? I just wanted to feel like I was part of the group, yeah. part of, you know, mm. part of it. And mm. now, sitting here as an individual today, I'm more than happy being a happy loner, yeah, you know? Yeah. that yeah. That's fine. Uh, but when you're young, you can't accept that. You need to mm. be with, with a group. You need to be... So do you, do you feel because of your experiences then you've got like kind of radar for people who have a similar situation to you in terms of you can't it takes one to know one right so you, you you can probably like myself I've had some adversity and you probably picked up on my kind of vulnerability as well and I think that's probably what makes you a good coach because you, you, a you've been there and done it but also you know exactly what it feels like to be that sort of person yeah I think going back to my story um you know I had to build myself up at 21 so I hit the rock bottom mm. you know I was sofa surfing I was smoking weed I was you know in pretty turbulent relationships and it got to the point where an angel came into my life so one day I got a message from a guy on Instagram mm. saying seeing that you have moved to Leicester I remember you telling me your dad's a property developer do you have anywhere I could live? I've currently got a new job. Yeah. And I remember you, you know, you move in there. And I just thought, wow, like, let me speak to my dad and see if I can sort you out. So this guy moved in. He didn't drink. He didn't smoke. He didn't do drugs and he didn't steal. Right. Now, you could imagine at first I tried to make him steal, tried to make <laughs> him do drugs. Yes. I tried to turn him into me because right. I was a... Still, a, you know, I was a boisterous character, but mm. I was boisterous in the wrong ways. Mm. And yes, he did do some drugs. Yes, he did steal. Yeah. But he only did it once. And then what happened was he then showed me a way. He said, let's go for a walk. Let's go to the cinema. Let's right. sit at a bus stop and have a normal conversation. You know, I never thought you could sit at a bus stop and actually yeah. have a laugh, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without having a bottle of vodka or a fag in my hand, but I actually did. And from doing these small moves, he then said, let's go to your dad's house and start cooking him some food. Let's cook mm. him some food, at, you wow. know, or do yeah. something with your dad. Yeah. So these little steps, these simple ordinary little steps gave me a feeling that I hadn't felt before. And then building the relationship up with my dad obviously took a lot, a lot of um, courage because my dad was in his late seventies at this point. Mm. And you could imagine not being there for seven years and then trying to build a relationship yeah. with someone in their late 70s. It was a bit like, where have you been my whole life, mm. you know? But making that choice to rebuild the relationship gave me the opportunity for him to buy me a gym membership. Right. And that gym membership got me in the door of something that really helped me evolve. It really gave me... Mm. Um, confidence to do something out of my out of my normal comfort zone but something for you though something for me mm. yeah and at the same time as that he also advised me which mm. I hadn't really had any advice all my life mm. to go to college right and I decided to do a business course and every day I went in I couldn't regurgitate the information in my brain so the teachers would speak and the, the information would go straight in one ear and it wouldn't even go straight through the brain. It would bounce over the mm. top of the brain and go out the other ear. Yeah, yeah. 
Because when you've been drinking and drugs and smoking for such a long time, to then become a a learner, to become a student, Mm. it can be very difficult because your brain has not recovered. You know, it's been beaten up. Yeah. And I had to force myself to go to that college. And there was many occasions where I didn't turn up. But I kept going. And during that process, an opportunity came out of it. And that opportunity was from a guy who I met in the college who was a few years older than me. Mm. And I was standing at the canteen one day and he goes, whoa, I love your booty. And I was turned around. I was like, what do you mean you love my booty? (laughs) And it was, we had a bit of a laugh. And he said, would you like to come to the Sugar Hut in Essex and be in Dappy from N-Dubs' music video? Wow. So I was like, wow, I've never been in a music video. I've never modeled. I've never danced. Yeah. Yeah. I've got negative comments all over my social media from my past history of what I've right. been up to. Okay. And I decided to take the risk and to go down to the Sugar Hut. Yeah. So going down, I threw my hands around in the air like you just don't care you know i had a bit of fun got on with it got on with it Mm. met some cool girls met dappy which was you know good fun yeah and you know waited for the video to launch when the video launched it got over two million hits on youtube yeah now i've never ever at this stage felt any positive comments or anything from anyone my whole life you know it'd never been that way and for the first time I had strangers message me saying I loved your hair I loved what you were wearing I loved your tattoos you know and it was just these little positive comments and there wasn't loads of comments but there was enough to get a feeling from it yeah it was a feeling Mm. And that feeling was like, right, what am I going to do next? It's going to make me stand out from the crowd and be a great person to this world. Yes. And I'll just repeat that one more time as a, as a sentence. Yeah. What am I going to do next? It's going to make me stand out from the crowd and be a great person to this world. I think that's really important. The word feeling, though, because I there's a lot of people, as you will probably agree, in this world that are living in their heads, that Mm. their thoughts are overriding their feelings. And once you start tuning into your feelings, whether it's good or a bad feeling, I think you start to kind of find out a lot more about yourself, right? Definitely. I think, um, you know, being in a a place where you can express yourself, Mm. that's why I felt so empowered by it because it was the first time I'd expressed myself and actually been recognised for you know, that expression, which which was mm. great because all through school, I'd never ever got any grades or ever been gave a, yeah. you know, a tap on the shoulder and said, well done. So that well done for me just set my soul on fire, basically. Yeah. So from that, I finished college and I ended up working as a waitress. Okay. Now, during that time, um, it was good because when you're doing waitressing, you get to express yourself you could Mm -hmm. you know help people and make people feel good at the table and you know it was it was quite good character building yeah uh and then during that time i got headhunted now this is not something i normally talk about in a podcast but i think it's good to be transparent and to be honest you know yeah so i got headhunted and i was really excited because i had had such a negative 
situation in my home life, mm. getting a job offer to work at Lloyd's Bank was like the heavens had just opened up and said, you've gone from down here as mm. a scrounger to, hey, we've got a job offer to work at Lloyd's Bank. So the manager of Lloyd's had come into the restaurant I was working in yeah. and he asked me to come for an interview. Yeah. And I decided to go forward and, you know, try this interview out. And I ended up doing three interview rounds and... Then I got a big envelope through the post and I was yeah. sitting with my dad at the time, who's now, you know, very late 70s. And I said to my dad, do I write yes or no that I've got a criminal record on this form? Right. And he said, write no, because it's all in the past and you'll be okay. So I wrote no. Mm. Got the job. Got my little blazer, yeah. you know, loving the yeah. job there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. A couple of weeks into the job, two men broke in at about five to nine in the morning and robbed 80 grand from the bank. The bank, right, okay. Now, you can imagine it was scary. Yeah. But then the police turn over my record course, right. and realise that I'd been done mm. for various things. Mm. And said, how can she work in a bank if she's got a criminal record? Yeah. So it went from my parents finally believing in me that for once I'd actually got a job that maybe that they could see me growing and developing in mm. to you're going back to, um, you know, for another another criminal. I got another, had to go back and do a whole year um, if I did anything wrong in that year... Well, because you lied, basically, right? Well, because I wrote no on this yeah. Yeah, yeah. form. Yeah. So I lost my job mm. and I had to go back into the courts and they put me, slapped me on the wrist and said, if you do anything wrong in a year, then you'll go to prison. How did that make you feel? It made me feel like crap because, mm. number one, I asked for parent and guide or help yeah, from my dad who guided me wrong. Yeah. Secondly, I'd just been through so much in my life. I was finally on the uphill mm. to then go like that straight yeah, back down. Yeah, yeah. So went straight back into waitressing mm. because I felt like that was where I was accepted, you mm. know. And then I decided to venture on a creative journey, personal journey. How old are you then? So at this point, I'm sort of, 22 end of 22 yeah. 23 okay. okay um so during this time i started off modeling mm. and you know 23 you are pretty much in your prime yeah, in I'd your looks yeah, you know you, you're absolutely smashing it <laughs> body was great yeah. you know everything's good it's still great now but you know at that age you, yeah. you're just smashing it you think you're going to be the next you Miss know World whatever, next yeah. Yeah. yeah, next yeah. best model, <laughs> literally. Yeah. So during that modeling process, it started off pretty rough, right. to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's what's the industry like? What's going on? Elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, it's um, it's a great industry to build up a profile. Yeah. But especially when you're starting off you can be quite glamorous, especially being a woman. And, you know, mm. I, I've got fake boobs. 
Um, when I was 14, which I didn't tell you, I actually had a lump in my left boob. Oh, wow. And I had to have that removed. Wow. That's an, so wow. That was an early time to have that. It's never a good time, right? But No, it, mm. was, an, it was an early time to have an operation at age 14. It was mm. quite a scary time. Mm. And at school, I used to get called ironing board and, you know, flat chested. And people right. used to pick on me for, for having flat boobs. So... Okay. Confidence wise, I had my boobs done because it, it was it was good for my confidence. What age, even, what age did you have your boobs done? I had them done at twenty one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um actually through the car crash, one of the car crashes I had, I got some money and I paid for my boob job. A month thought I was off a rocker, but at that every, point every cloud, right? <laughs> it was. At that point in my life I was desperate for a mm. boob job because mm. it I felt like I didn't have any confidence in that area. Because just to interject on this point, when you talk about transparency, I, I think I believe in the universe. I believe that things happen for a reason. I'm going to talk to you about, you know, the, the, the guy that moved from the bedsit to Leicester, the Dappy thing and the, and the Lloyds Bank thing. They're all instances that happened that, mm. you know, were out of your control. Mm. But um, looking at your website, you've put on there about the drink and the drugs and the stealing. You've put on there with a face of yours is covered in bruises and stuff like that. You're like mistransparent. And, and sometimes when that happened with your dad, at the time you think that's an awful thing but in a way it's a lesson and a gift isn't it sometimes mm. these things are gifts aren't they definitely I think um life is a journey and you know it, it's up to you how you want your journey to map out sometimes people can throw you off board and things can happen yeah. but predominantly you're steering your own ship and you need to keep you know going and mm. learning from good and the bad things so going on this modeling journey it 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 really started to raise my online profile. Yeah. Um, I would say to start with, it probably brought in slightly the wrong audience because I was mm -hmm. a bit more glamour, glamour style. But then as I grow and develop, um, the modeling got more classier and more sophisticated. Yeah. And then that led me into competitions. So I've done quite a lot of competitions and I think doing competitions is such a great way for character building. Mm. Um, it works a treat. So I did the Miss Leicestershire, which was amazing because my dad actually came in the audience to that. And just to see his face yeah. was such a blessing. You know, he was really enjoying me on seeing me on that stage. Are you sure you were doing these things for yourself or more to kind of prove to him? Because obviously he neglected you and came back in your life. So what was your motivation to do, what was your motivation and purpose for doing these things? Can you remember at all or and how has that changed? How has your motivation and purpose changed over the years? Yeah, I wouldn't say my dad neglected me. I would say my mum and dad had a turbulent finish to their relationship and yeah. me being a young 14-year-old took my mum's side. I would say my dad got pushed out the house, uh, you know, and I've, I don't right. think it's fair to say to say anything bad about him because, mm -hmm. you know, he's not here anymore. He died six years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk about that later on. But um, yeah. no, you know, he made up for it in the last years of his life. We actually built quite a strong, strong connection. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would say I, I always wanted to, um, you know, prove myself to anyone in the world. I wouldn't say it's just my mum and dad. I'd just say I always mm. felt like I wanted to try and be something, you know? Yeah, I was course. trying at this stage. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, did the the British Bikini Championship as well, Miss Gala G Casino, Miss Midlands UK, lots of competitions mm. that, 
it costs a lot of money, you know. You have to get your dresses and your hair, your makeup, and yeah, a lot of effort, a lot of energy goes in, and mm. you're always there to win. But you know, I always got second place or fifth place, and I never won one. But it was always a fantastic experience because I met some people who were yeah. trying in life, you know. So the winning wasn't that important. It was more the process, was it? Or I would say there was always a hope to win, you know, it has to be, otherwise what's the point? But it was yeah. always nice <clears throat> okay. to be, you know, mm. involved. That's what it was about, being yeah, involved. Yeah. So after the competitions, I'm still working as a waitress. Right. And then I jump into the TV industry. Now that for me is where I'm at really, even still today, I'm so passionate about, you know, being on television and mm. being in that kind of industry where it's, you know, face value. People can see you all across the world and, yeah. you know, you can be heard yeah. by millions. Yeah. So awakening for me is a big subject. And I'm actually going to be writing a book next year based on this subject because okay. I think it's really important to... Uh, feel awakened and to have an awakening and I mm. think a lot of people then haven't had that spiritual awakening yet yeah not like I have so tell I, about, I've tell had it that. go on I want to hear about this I'll, I'll give you a brief I'm not going to give you a full insight okay. because I'm not going to give all the all the pieces of the puzzle away mm. but I will give you a brief so when you're on a journey you have to listen to something whether that's god or the universe or yourself or your parents whoever that is you're listening to something mm. and i had to start listening to myself to start with to actually gain an individuality and an individual strength to keep going forward and to keep doing unique things yeah so before i went on to the tv world i had the an awakening and to start with, it was a simple thing of just understanding that I was a skeleton. Now, it took a long time for me to look in the mirror and actually realise what was under this skin and, and mm. uh, you know, under these clothes and mm. what's actually carrying me every day around this planet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just find it mesmerising how people can look in the mirror and be so hateful of the way they look, considering yeah. underneath is a skeleton with 206 bones. Well, most people have. <laughs> and I just find that absolutely magical. Yes. From that, I started to sit near lakes and rivers and, yeah. you know, spending a bit of time alone and really connecting to nature and getting out of the materialistic yeah. world a bit. And I think to yeah. sit in nature is a big part of feeling and becoming awakened because mm. nowadays, like materials are stuck to us every day, yeah. whether it's your phone or your clothes, you know, it's something man-made is always kind of stuck to us. Even yeah. when you're bed, when you're naked, lying in your bed, it's yeah. still a, a bed that's man-made is stuck to us. So we're, mm. we're surrounded by man-made stuff yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So being at the seaside or being at a lake or being in a field. Just breathing and f 
feeling the air and stuff like that, right? Exactly. We 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 we're born with a breath and we die with a breath, you know, and and that is it. So having a breath mm. is just the the life, you know. That's what life is. Life is a, a breath. People, a lot of people listen to this. Or, or, we talk about work life balance, which I don't agree with. It's more like life harmony. But there's a lot of people out there, and I've I've been guilty of this myself, where I like. I put all my eggs into the business basket. I, I care about the watch, the house, the car, you know, the, the number of people I've got or reaching a certain milestone in your business. And I think it's great to have that. But actually the fulfillment and joy and the stuff you're talking about now, I think until you have some sort of awakening or spiritual understanding or or connection with nature and that kind of stuff, I don't think you ever find true happiness or true fulfillment. What, what, do, you, what do you say to that? Yeah, I think my fulfillment and happiness, like the, the truth of it is meeting people, like coming here today, yeah. seeing you, you yeah. know, you're, you're nothing else in this room is alive. No. Maybe that plant, I'm not sure if it's real or not. I think so. <laughs> but, you know, nothing else is alive in this room to me. This, yeah, this yeah. is it. So yeah. my fulfillment is people yeah. um, and the universe. Like, mm. you know, when you're a kid and you might have put stars on the ceiling of your, of your room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. like, whoa, look at them glowing stars. And then yeah. going out at night whether you're in the countryside or somewhere, you mm. know, out of the city, like mm. get out the city, go into the countryside and spend time you know, looking at the universe and the, just the little glimpse of what we can see through our little beady eyes looking yeah. up. But you, but you say awakening, that's a, that's a very bold word. I mean, people got these visions of kind of like, what did it sort of, you know, was there a big light moment or what, you know, what does that mean? There's two elements of awakening. There's one, a realisation that you are valuable and that you can make a difference. Yeah. That's, that's an awakening. Mm. And the second one is just realising that we are part of this incredible universe. And for me, it's the planet floating, you mm. know, yeah. I had an interview with someone the other day and they were like, the planet floating. They don't get it when I say it, yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. still don't get it. And not, yeah. not everybody does get that when I say the word float because yeah. people look at me like, why does she say float? Mm. But it's pretty black and white. If you look at the sun and the moon, they, they yeah. do f hover and float, so, you know, so around what, us. What are your tips then? Because I mean, as a confidence coach then, you know, there's a lot of people in this world that, are not fulfilling their potential and that must upset you but w what tips could you give people to kind of break out of that thought cycle of i'm not good enough or the, the, the comparison and get to the point where they don't have to copy with the skeleton thing but get to the point where they just they don't see anyone as superior They're, they've got the confidence just to engage with people i think that's what's leading me on to the next part of my story chris because you know going on that journey of the drinking, drug, smoking, stealing, then doing the modeling, the, the competitions and the TV shows. Um, after the TV journey, I'll just briefly touch into that. I, um, I've been on Channel 4, Channel 5 and ITV. Yeah. And after my awakening where I've connected to the universe and really listened to my inner voice and understood that, you know, there's something bigger out there for me, you know. And I mm. think it's always good to think like that. There's yeah, always something better and bigger and keep going towards better and bigger because that's what drives the spirit and soul to keep evolving. Yeah. Um, 
And the first show that I actually did, which is quite embarrassing, really, because people can mock me and they have mocked me for it. I was on Naked Attraction. No. Yes. Wow. Yes, I was. And... I was standing on my drive, washing my car. Yeah. I'd applied for every show under the sun. Mm-hmm. And it was the first show that accepted me for being on their show. What and was your I motivation f- for going on that show? Because I was naked on a planet floating in the universe. I was, born, well, basically born naked on a yeah. planet floating in the universe. Yeah, yeah. And I'd had my awakening and I'd got to the point where I had applied for so many shows yeah. that it didn't actually state when I applied that it was a naked TV show. Okay. It just stated it was a dating show. Right, right. But then as the snowballs started to turn, um, that's what it was. And at this period in my life, I was comfortable in my own skin and I felt, you know, a bit like um, a warrior. Like I didn't feel, right. I didn't feel phased by it anybody. Wasn't a question of you want to, it's not, you know, a desperate seek of attention. It was more a question of, well, that sounds good. That could lead to other opportunities. Right? It was opportunity lead. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. want, I like, I wanted to be a presenter. I wanted to be on television. Wow. I was looking for an opportunity to get in a door. I mean, to have that level of confidence. I mean, people mock those sort of people, but I, I, I've watched it a couple of times. I, I almost admire them to have a front to do that. To stand naked in front of the world is, is, is no mean feat in itself. The thing is, we're born naked. Everything else is materialistic and made up. We're on a man. We're in a materialistic world. Yeah. We're on a planet floating in the universe. Yeah. Really, we're all supposed to be walking around naked. That's what I believe. Yeah, yeah. We dr- we dress a Christmas tree. We dress ourselves. <laughs> it's true though. That's it. And that's the and that's what's carried you through in terms of your ability to be confident with people, right? I think my journey of helping others began in 2016. So my dad and my grandma got really ill within the same year and they both passed away. Okay. And it was very difficult because my dad and I had basically built up the relationship and then for him to go in a care home and then I had to go through this big support process where I was going in every week looking after him, you know, giving him my energy and... Trying to make him feel better. That process was really difficult. And every time I come out that care home, I was so thankful for being alive. I was like, hmm. when you come out of a care home, you really realize how special life is. Yeah. Because a care home is a very down and out sure. place to visit. Sure. Especially at, you know, a younger age and to be seeing your dad and your grandma in them kind of places, it mm. was like a time bomb ticking away, mm. waiting for a phone call or waiting for them to die, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was very lucky that I am the person I am at this point, and I did care about my dad because the day he died, I was in the room with him. I watched him take his last breath. Oh, wow. And I was with my mum and I was with my brother. Mm. My sister, unfortunately, had just left probably 15 minutes before because her little boy at this point was in the car on his own and she couldn't leave him in the car any longer on his own. Yeah. And she just missed him by 15 minutes. Shame. Um, So when my dad took his last breath, it was like, wow, like one minute they're here, the next minute they're gone. 
you mm. know. And one minute I'll be here and I'll go and same yeah. with you and same with every single person we meet. And I think that's why I'm so confident as well because everything we touch will eventually die. Yeah. So why not go out there and touch it all? Why not go out there and yeah. spread your wings and, and bring the heat, you know, yeah. bring the confidence, bring yeah. the value because even the most down and out mm. t nasty person eventually will die so just go and give them value like go and go and be yeah one of the most interesting things i've learned about you is on the face of it if you look at your social media i.e one of your posts is you walking down the catwalk or a beautiful place in milan with a dress and you're you look like a million dollars you look amazing you've got this confident swagger but you're also um a very value-driven person, I think. You've got a lot of integrity. Mm. And when I said to you before about I being, I being able to identify people with vulnerability, I think you get an enormous amount of pleasure out of, not not the, the down and outs are the, is the wrong word, but looking at somebody and going, I don't care what level you are, I want to help you. So talk to us about that. Because, I mean, you, you could be this kind of ultra kind of like um, glamorous person that only goes for high ticket stuff and goes mm, for the money mm. and goes for the fame, which you, which you want to do. But really deep down, you want to you wanna help as many people as possible and mm. serve, right? Definitely. So when my dad um, was dying, mm. he was, you know, well off man. But even to this day, you know, there's no money being given out. It's all in property. It's all, yeah. you know, there's nothing there. And it wasn't never like that. But I did see an opportunity. And that opportunity was, there was a garage basically in Leicester. Right. And I'd had like a feeling that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, mm. but I wasn't really sure where to start. So I said to my dad before he died, if you could leave me anything, could you leave me this old garage? Right. And he said, yeah, yeah, you know? And it was a real shame because I did want to prove to him mm. that I could become successful. Back to your question. Now yeah. thinking about it, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, he did give me a little bucket mm. to say, you know, here's, a, here's an empty space. Yeah. Make it worth it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So... Over a year, I started building a studio because I'd been to a lot of TV studios and modeling studios. Mm. I thought building a studio and um, doing a photography course could be a great way to, you know, do something a bit unique. So that's yeah. what I did. Yeah, yeah. I launched it in 2017, I had 70 people come to my open day and I called it Boss Studios. Right. So at this point, I hadn't truly found my purpose, but I was winging it, I would say. I was trying to create something, a door, basically, for other people. Because you can go out into the world so much, trying to get opportunities off yeah. Tom, Dick and Harry, and eventually your energy goes flat, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. trying to get involved with everybody else's stuff. Eventually, you just mm. think, hold on a minute, I need to build my own thing yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I need to create my own door. And that's exactly what I did, Chris. I created this wonderful door of happiness and love. And um, in 2017, going through my awakening and having this, we're on a planet floating in the universe attitude. Yeah. I felt like I wanted to tell people that. 
Right. So I invited six women in to the studio and I did a women empowerment session mm -hmm. for about six or seven hours. They were there. We did some photo shoots and we sat down and I asked them some really valuable questions. Yeah. And they expressed themselves in a way where it brought real emotion to the table. It made them mm. feel different you know it gave them a, sp right. a safe space to speak out to strangers and express themselves yeah and after that day literally yeah. i was like right this, this is, is where i'm at wow i'm at the place where i need to go on a journey and i need to build myself up to make a difference mm. so for three mm. years from 2017, 2018, and 2019, mm. I worked with age seven all the way up to age 60. Okay. And I did one-to-one -one and group sessions, winging it, self-taught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you a G, like a boss, like yeah. a VIP. You didn't do the courses, didn't have the letters after your name. but you Didn't to... do none of that. Yeah. I took my natural ingredients and my personality yeah. And picking up um, interesting visions of the world yeah, yeah. and bringing that into workshops and into... But fully yourself. What I mean by that fully. is... Fully. You, you, you would almost, you'd be a bit kind of cheeky and just, but just be yourself, right? Fully. Fully. Yeah. Yeah. And then from that, um, as time moved forward you know, it got more serious and then you yeah. do, you have to get more serious because if you want to change people's lives, you can't just be asking any old questions. You do need to become a bit more bespoke and a bit more yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, creative. You can't really create a program and expect everybody to have the same results. Of course not. No, you no. know? Yes. So I started um, writing a book um, that was called How to Find Your Real Soul and Become a Boss. That okay. was launched. That yep. did really well. Mm -hmm. And then I also did 365 Role Model Quotes, which was a book that I did in lockdown, wow. which, again, was really cool um, yeah. because that gave me an opportunity to uh, put in all my favorite quotes over a, a quite a long period of time. I'd probably say it took me six months yeah, because yeah. I kept coming back to the pen and paper. Yeah. And that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. And then after the, the books, I also did some big events. So mm. I did a small event in the studio and then I did a medium event in Birmingham. And then I did a big event, which was called the Role Model Awards. So yeah. I've kind of got boss studios that I kind of had in the background. Yeah. Then I did these books and then it led me into these big live events. And then I got to the point where I was like, right, I now feel like I need to launch my own life coaching practice. Yeah. And also during lockdown, I felt very isolated because I couldn't express myself and I wanted mm. to connect with good people. Yeah. So I launched the Role Model Show where, you know, I interview role models from all around the world, which is a fantastic experience because it, number one, gets me in the face of great people mm. and it also uh, gives me the opportunity to show off my life coaching skills. What's which, the definition of a role model, though? A role model is a simple definition. It's somebody that's making a difference in the world. Mm. You know, it's somebody that's guiding the way, leading the way, and it's somebody that's authentic. Yes. You know, there's 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 not um, there's no nastiness to that person really. They're they're pretty o o 
opaque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that right? I think so. <laughs> yeah, like the transparent. Yeah, transparent. Yeah, transparent. transparent. You could you could dig and dive. Opaque's the other opposite. To yeah, that. yeah. You're yeah. transparent. You could dig and dive, yeah. dig and dive, but. They've but they've said whatever you they've get a said. Sense of these people don't you strip quite quickly, don't you? You can see the the, fa the fake ones, right? You can, yeah, you can. I think everybody's got a, a scent, a little ints of fake in them. You know, nobody's perfect. Of course. You know, we can all have a bitch and a, a yeah. bitch and a whatever nowadays. Yeah. But I think it's just important to keep leading with love, and yeah, that's yeah. what I do. Yeah. Um. So yeah, all in toll. With all the journey and, you know, all the things I've done, yeah. I launched the Role Model Academy in 2020. Um, and I've developed to a stage now where I've got other people, you know, involved yeah. in the programs that I run, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've also got a couple of other coaches that are also running running in there for me, which is amazing because for the first time I can sit at home mm. and actually be on a Zoom call yeah. and then I can have my other coach sure. in the academy yeah, yeah, yeah. helping somebody else. And I just think it took me a long time to get to the point where I start could start adding in a team. Yeah. I'd say that took me longer than the normal person. Is that, is that because of you didn't want to lose the control or was it more, more to it than that? Because you can't, can't clone yourself, I couldn't, can you? I, I couldn't find people that understood me. Yeah. I'm so unique and what's unique about you what what's why would you say that I'd say my love for life my passion for life yeah. my energy yeah it's not it's not it's not a joke no it's not just for social media it's who I am like mm. I'm a very emotional person mm. and I'm a very caring deep thinking you are. fun, interesting person that mm. generally wants to have a wicked life. Yeah. And I'll do whatever it takes to create that. You're very value driven you know? as well. You, you you make your decisions and base your decisions on integrity, I'd say as well. Yeah, definitely. I really care about others and I care about people I don't know. Yeah. And that says right. a lot, you know. I generally, driving up here earlier, there was a guy with a pot at the side of the road with his little sign mm. And everyone's driving by, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm in a white Range Rover. Yeah. Why the hell am I not just going to, even if it's just 40 pence or 50 pence, I'm not, I know it kind of, you can spur people on sometimes to make him yeah. maybe stand there longer by giving him the money, but there was no way I was going to drive by and not, not. give him anything. Because on you that know? point, you've done, you've done some stuff with homeless people as well, with homeless people as well, haven't you? Yeah. Well, I just want to go back to that guy quickly yeah. that I've seen today. Yeah. He'd be a great worker for you people, you know. He right. could come and work for me, you know. He, 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 you could imagine him. He'd be on time. He would do st to stand on the side of the yeah. road. Yeah, is yeah. a real. That's the difference deep. between someone like you and other people. You, you, you see things that other people don't see, or you give people an opportunity. As I believe so. I believe so. I believe that I've got a gift. And that gift is the way I see life and it's yeah. the way I see the beauty in the darkest places. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've worked with the homeless and, you know, I've worked with kids that are having turbulent backgrounds and I've worked yeah. with, you know, people that are having all sorts. But I am passionate about changing lives 
And whether that's a homeless person or a businessman, businessmen still have a lot of trauma. They have a lot of emotion and, you know, anyone can kill themselves. It doesn't matter how much money you got. People can still tie a rope up and just one minute they're in, next minute they're not. You see a lot of celebrity people taking tablets, overdoses, doing things. And you think, you stop and you think, yeah, wow. On the face of it, they've got everything, but that's not the reality, is it? Yeah. I love life 10-10. I would never, Mm. ever take my own life, Mm. ever. No chance. And that is why I'm so passionate about putting myself out there into the the people of the world. Because if I'm so passionate about being here, I can generally save people's lives. What's been your, to change tack a little bit, and that's amazing, by the way. Yeah. What's been your darkest moment, would you say? Um... I would say I would say when my mum didn't pick up the phone. Right. Because I was stealing and I stole from family. Right. And when you steal from shops and everything it leads down this track mm. into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um And I was so numb and so uneducated and so didn't care about anything or anyone at this stage. And I think when she didn't want to talk to me, Mm. this pocket of light opened up and it was like, shit, you are in the dark. Right. And she's in the light. And Mm. you need to either pull yourself out of this dark space, otherwise that. Yeah. little glimpse of light that might tiny much be like sparkling through is just going to disappear and it did disappear wow to be fair it did disappear and when that disappeared it does go dark your mum bought you to this planet mm. my mum was in my mum's stomach for nine months yeah. she bought me up yeah. she fed me she looked after me i was you know i was never um kicked out or anything mm. I, she was a good good mum and she is a great mum to this day yeah, it's, so. re- it's really interesting how you said about how you pulled yourself out with your now partner who kind of helps you with kind of the walks and stuff like that. But you mentioned the word exercise and it's, it's things like sometimes it's just the, the basic little things that seem innocuous can pull you out because that's a self-respect thing. Doing exercise every day or every week, it kind of that built your confidence, didn't it? So I think you can have all the kind of flashy courses and advice in the world, but sometimes it's just about serving yourself first, right? Yeah, I think... I live 50% for me, 50% for others, mm-hmm. and always will do. Um, you know, none of us, are, we're all going to turn to dust one yeah. day, yeah. and none of us are getting out alive. No. And I think to be selfish is a really selfish thing to be. Yeah. So I'll always live for myself and for others. And I think that's what makes life so fun and so yeah. intriguing and so yeah. interesting. Um And, you know, there's some incredible people in the world. Like, during my journey, I've gone from hanging around with a load of fools to now hanging around with loads of good peoples. And so even some of the people that I call fools are following me on social media and they absorb my content today. And I don't look at them as necessarily fools anymore. They're only fools because they made me a fool back in the day, you know. I made myself a fool, but Mm. sometimes, you know... I hung around with people that were older than me um, and I did get misled, you know, especially I was with going out with some guys and, you know, we were doing 
hot box in a car smoking weed and right. you know doing class a drugs at age 14 wow like yeah. i took probably about 10 to 15 pills on one night wow that's that you could have killed yourself then <laughs> could have killed myself yeah but i survived it, <laughs> it. but i don't recommend it no. <laughs> you know yeah you know, so... So what, is, what does the future look like? We're kind of coming towards the end of it. It's been fascinating so far. Yeah. You, you really inspire me and you inspire so many people. I'm so glad you're here. So thank you for being here. But in terms of the purpose thing, you've mm. obviously achieved so much. What, do you have a North Star? Do you have things you want to achieve? Yeah, I want the Role Model Academy to become really well known, but not just for the Role Model Academy, but for all the faces that will be part of it. Yeah. Um, and... Like, I just want to make sure that I've got overflow, you know? And mm -hmm. I think it's important to have an overflow because that means you're hitting all the ceiling. You're hitting right. the ceiling and you're going past yeah. it. If yeah. you're kind of, oh, I need a client or I need to get Samantha for a client, you're not hitting the overflow. So overflow to me is very important because that means that I'm, you know, changing, yeah. changing life to the to the maximum of I can reach to then go even more max. You know, there's no maximum, but so important. I think it's important to keep reaching yeah. the top of the ceiling. I think a lot of people they only reach half of the ceiling. Yeah, well, their horizon, all their thought processes. If I can, if I can get the next promotion, if I can, if yeah. I can get the next five grand. Whereas yours, actually, well, what can we do for the whole universe? Is is your is what what you think is what you become? I'm not one of these people, Chris, that are going to go. I want to change a million people. I used to say that, and yeah, I think yeah. I ain't. I'll change the lives and the people around me that I will, you know, be involved yeah. with will change as many lives as possible. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's such a more authentic, beautiful way to say it. Yeah. Putting a figure of change a million. What yeah. about a million and one? Yeah, why a million? Why is that? Why not a million and yeah. two? You know, so yeah. do your best, mm. be your best and look after yourself because yeah. every day we can also be our worst enemies. Mm. You know, in this brain here is a digital digital computer you know it's yeah. it's, a, it's a special universe just yeah. within the brain and we have to speak kindly and that's why i love expressing myself on social media because i get to speak kindly yeah but if i feel myself being really kind i'll grab the camera and i'll go yo what's going on people <laughs> yeah. you know and i'll bring that kindness out more yeah, because yeah. what's the point of hogging kindness mm, right you know, get I your see. nails done, get your hair right. done, buy yourself new clothes. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm being so kind. But what about everybody else? Like, why not do something mm. for someone else? Why are you always got this big, long list of what to do for yourself all the time? Right. Why not right. make a list that's full of other people? Which, mm. that's what I thrive off. Yeah, I thrive off results. I thrive off seeing somebody come to me and leaving being better than what they came better to me, better version. Yeah. And you never have to take somebody to a 10, but if they come to you as a four, and even if they go to a five, you've improved, yeah, of course. You've improved that person. So you know? I, I always say, who coaches the coach who leads the leader? I've got coaches. You've been one of my own coaches. I've got, I've got other coaches. And I, as you know, I coach an enormous amount of people myself. What That's about, it. What about you? Did you have any mentors around you? In all honesty, I've never had a coach okay. to this day. Never. I've only ever paid for one program and um, it was an online course. And as soon as they 
I realised that it was all pre-recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my money back. Yeah, yeah. I am passionate about Audible. Mm. I love listening oh, I to love books. Audible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down on the way here today, I had a two-hour journey. I've listened to a two-hour book. Yeah. I've got an hour of it left. As soon as I get in the car, don't put the music on, no. put audio on. You want to be growing. Now, if I feel myself getting a bit tired, then I'll... I will tune off. I won't, you know, yeah. overrun overrun the brain because yeah. you can burn out. And I'll just put the music on and listen right. to some nice music. Mm. But I learn a lot through, you know, the beauty of the world. I could go out and mm. I can look at people's body languages and, you know, just learn off off people. I love going to events. Yeah. I love, you know, yeah, yeah. I love just doing authentic things and being in a great, great place. Amazing. So, so just, just touching on equality, um, what do you think men can do more of to help women and also the other way around as well? Um, it's difficult for men to compliment women as much because it, women can take it the wrong way and I get it. It's a lot more easier for a woman to compliment a man right. than a man to compliment yeah. a woman because, yeah. you know, people might, you know, find it like demeaning or whatever or but actually flirting basically yeah, okay. if a man says oh i love your trousers a woman might find that flirty but if a woman goes oh i love your jacket yeah then it's a guy kind of just you know accepts it differently sure, sure, sure. um i would just say just be a gentleman you know keep being a gentleman a big manly trait is to mm. you know think about a woman's feelings and emotions and yeah. you know women are generally um maybe not as strong as men and I do believe that but I'm not saying strong minded I'm saying potentially in like a body strength of course right um, you know if I was going to lift this up this sofa and yeah. you were going to lift it up predominantly you would lift it quicker than me yeah. because you've got manly manly body and I've got a womanly body yeah. so I just think keep being a gentleman I think that is the most important thing yeah um, and you know just look after the women because obviously women are special. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we all have our own challenges and um, we all have our own flaws. But yeah. I think, you know, I love men and I love women. I, I started off doing women empowerment. Personally, I couldn't do men or women empowerment. I'm just empowerment. Yes, There's no possible way I would put men above women or women above men. No, and that's the, that's the right attitude. We I, are equal. I, 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 I firmly believe there are some obvious injustices for women and there are some for men. But I think in the round, generally, it's we, pretty equal. In all honesty, everything on this planet should be equal in some way because we're mm. all on the same planet. We're all going to live, we're all going to die. So, yeah. you know, no the way. only thing that can take people above people is knowledge. And, yeah. you know, you know that that's the ladder to success. But on a, on a general perspective, we all need to just respect and appreciate each other for what we are and help each other as much as possible. Yeah. And, you know... Don't put, leave yourself behind because there's no. billions of people out here yeah, yeah. and it can take for you just to procrastinate or to say, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. That's you leaving yourself behind. And mm. a lot of people are winging it. You know, they're out here and they're, yeah. they're singing their tune, but they're not perfect because nobody's perfect. And yeah. the more you recognize that you're not, nobody's perfect, the better you could just get out there and, yeah. you know, spread your positive vibes. Positive vibes indeed. But what pisses you off about society? Is there anything in particular that you're kind of like 
that frustrates you that you wish you could change? I think I'm just changing it. I'm changing personal development, you know. You're doing what you it, can. It, it, yeah. For me, people are underdeveloped in lots of ways. I agree. Um, mm. And that's just from um, upbringing and struggles and the materialistic world, which we can't yeah. blame a lot of people because it is a tough, especially living in a city. Yeah. But I've been brought upon a farm in the middle of nowhere. So that kind of gives me a different mindset. And yeah. I don't sit on a high horse, you know. I'm on I'm on a general level and yeah. I think, you know, being a life coach and having this passion to change lives, you know, I'll just mm. just do what I can do while I'm here. I'm not going to not going to yeah. put anyone down or, you know, make them feel feel bad. I'll just keep lifting people up because if you're falling down and you need a helping hand and somebody lifts you up, yes, that's more valuable than buying someone a Ferrari, you know, because it saved your life. Mm. So for me, I, um, you know, I'm going around with my hands open looking for people that want yeah. me and want to, you know, be in my presence really. Well, you're infectious. So. You're an inspiration. I can't thank you enough for coming on before you go. Yeah. I'm gonna run now. <laughs> what would you? Yeah, what would you leave the audience with? What piece of wisdom or advice would you leave the audience with? Just love yourself for who you are, and remember a work in progress. So, yeah. just keep painting your picture to the world. Keep inspiring others. Keep believing in in the next best thing, and you know, make life a movie. Because yeah. I always say VIP, but VIP means very inspirational person. So keep being an inspiration. Keep developing yourself and be a role model because a lot of people out here are looking for people to be inspired by. And, you know, you won't go far wrong if you've got a smile on your face and a few words of encouragement. Hey, absolutely love it. On that note, thank you so much for coming on. I'm thank delighted you. to have you on the show. Thank you. High five. Cheers. The Purpose Led Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Vincherry, the recruitment operating system used by over 20,000 recruiters worldwide. I chose to partner with Vincherry because I'm a customer and I love their modern rec operating system, a single tech platform to streamline the front, middle, and back office operations of executive search, perm, contract, and temp businesses. If you're looking for a breed of new tech partner, talk to Vincherry. They have followed us on support with seven offices around the world. Check them out at vincherry.io forward slash chrisoconnell for an exclusive offer for all listeners.